right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Stories from Mountain Town. Today with me, um, apparently forming a little country singer musician trend is uh, Brandon Jones. Brandon, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you. Definitely. And uh, we're, we're out over Zoom right now. Where, where are you at at the moment? I'm in my hometown of Rapid City, South Dakota. We, uh, Rapid City. We've got the, the week off and uh, yeah, Rapid City's tucked in by the Black Hills. Mm-hmm. So they're like mini- miniature mountains. I wouldn't yeah. dare call them mountains. They're not big enough, but yeah. but uh, I like the hills. I like mountain-like lifestyle. That's what I, I lived in Minnesota for a little while mm-hmm. and uh, I missed the hills. I had to move back home. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's something we have in common. I, I grew up in Minnesota, and um, so driving throughout the years from back and forth from here to Minnesota, I go through Rapid City all the time. Yeah. I spent a lot of time in the hotels there. Yeah, <laughs> nice place. Got a lot of yeah. hotels, a lot yeah. of tourism, kind of like kind of like that area there. Yeah, yeah. We, we made the mistake. We didn't look up what weekend Sturgis was when we drove yeah. back one, one of these in, in August or whatever it is. And so we're looking for a hotel and I'm like, every, we're like, everything's booked. And I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. And I'm like, oh shit, Sturgis was last weekend. So yep. it's really cool. They have like, they have like bike wash stations set up and bike specific <laughs> yeah. parking in the, all the hotels in oh, yeah. city. Yeah. <laughs> super yeah. Cool. They cater to them all over the hills uh, as far as, you know, motorcycle parking, like you said, lanes, hotels, but the camping sites, uh, pop up that don't exist outside of the you know the the week of the rally is really just one week but they they expand it for weeks before and weeks after for people yeah. trying to dodge the crowd and you know certain things but yeah definitely definitely fun and um correct me if i'm wrong but was the uh the black hills they're called that because they're so thickly covered in like dark dark pine trees that they that from a yeah. distance or something, somebody said yeah, they, they look black back in the day. Or they look black. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's what it was. Uh, yeah. The, the native Americans uh, from this area call it, I think Paha Sapa. Mm. I don't, I don't really even know directly what that translates to, but, mm. but yeah, I think it means the black Hills and, yeah. and that's why, and, and you notice it too. I mean, driving in from the interstate from, you know, the East coming West, you'll pop up over a hill kind of by Wasta, South Dakota and you'll you'll the hills almost kind of rise up with you. Yeah. And you'll see them and they just like black mm-hmm. you know hills out in the distance and yeah. it's kind of cool. Definitely. They're very I've, I've you know I've taken multiple different routes through there and I've gone to you know Rushmore and done all that the classic road trip stuff there. Mm-hmm. And it's it's you know there's not really we don't really have a good English word for something between like hills and mountains right because if you were to just put the black yeah. hills right next to the tetons it's like very clearly different little, dramatically different you wouldn't goofy. say that yeah. yeah you wouldn't say that they're anything similar but then to no. call ju- the black hills just a hill i don't think does them truly yeah. justice because there's there's a little they bit are. more there than that there's more there's more exposure you know around the mount rushmore area there's some there's mm-hmm. some real stuff in there definitely yeah yeah, when you get up in them, I mean, it's they're almost like miniature mountains or something. I mean, because it's yeah. like they everything about them, the way that the granite and the hiking trails and the mm-hmm. just everything about it is just like the Tetons or just like in the Rocky Mountains. It's just not as enormous or not as yeah. big, you know, maybe not even as treacherous. I mean, it gets 
pretty wild up in the Black Hills weather-wise and, you know, hiking trails and depending on where you go, but not quite as treacherous as, as like the Rocky Mountains. Yeah, it, yeah, it brings a sort of um, almost intimacy and approachableness to them where, um, you know, much of the Tetons aren't very approachable because mm-hmm. of how extreme they are. Like there's, there's a lot of it that you can't really get into or you got to really be a true mountaineer to get into. Yeah. But probably the vast majority of the Black Hills and a lot of different ranges that aren't as extreme, you can really get into them and you can, you know, there's a lot more hiking outside of the Tetons because the, you can yeah. do these trails around everywhere, but they're such extreme yep. things in the Tetons, you can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, so you're, you said you're off for the week. When do you guys, you guys go back on like tours specifically or do you go to specific dates for like weekend things like you, when we, when yeah. we met? Yeah. This time of the year is more kind of a weekend kind of deal. Uh, it, it, you know, the, we mostly kind of tour or play shows up in the upper Midwest area. You know, that, that Minnesota to Montana down to Nebraska, Colorado, Wyoming kind of stuff and, and, uh, North Dakota. And, uh, it just, so in the winter time, you know, there's nothing really going on through the week. It's all weekend stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so we don't actually play again until I think the, the, uh, in a couple weeks, about a week and a half, yeah. we play uh, up in Deadwood, South Dakota for a wedding. Nice. And then, and then we go from there down to Denver, Colorado and play at the Grizzly Rose for Thanksgiving week. And, uh, and then we turn around, I think we have some private company parties and things like that into December and stuff like that. Very cool. And when you're, so when you're like on in between weeks like this, I don't, I don't know if you're like in the middle of an album or anything, are you like, you know, I'm sure you're practicing, you're rehearsing, are you like writing? Like what's your, what's your schedule kind of when you're between trips? Yep. But it's pretty much, it's a constant flow. I mean, you know, sometimes it'll, I'll take some, some weeks off or some time off here and there of, of just days. I've, I've got a couple of kids and a, and a wife. And, and so spending time with them is obviously a huge priority when I'm not on the road. And, yeah. and then it, it just songwriting just kind of, I, I don't, I'm not as good at it, at, at it as others are. And I don't, I've learned to just not force it. You know, I, I it's hard for me to say, Hey, this afternoon, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write a song. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I'll be mull- mulling around ideas in my brain. Like, Hey, okay. Now I've got some ideas that I kind of want to work out for better or for worse, you know, write it down or work it till I start running out of ideas or, or maybe I get to a stopping point and then I'll just leave it set. I mean, you know, the fortunate thing with today's technology is recording a, uh, on your phone, you know, yeah. it, it makes it so much easier or, typing it up on a computer and it's there you don't have to be like where'd i put that paper you know yeah. and stuff like that it's it's nice you, easy to come back to yeah so are you so i'm, I'm not really musically inclined i you know played trumpet in like fourth grade or something but <laughs> uh, that's it um but is there and maybe i'm making this up i feel like i've heard that there's people some people who write songs lyric first and others who write it music first mm-hmm. is there a difference there there is, and, and I think everybody's got their own writing style or, or way they like to do things. I'm limited musically on my knowledge as well. Mm-hmm. I didn't even play any instruments in school, so I had no training whatsoever, and I'm just self-taught on the guitar. So when it comes yeah. to like music and theory and things like that, I, 
I, I'm kind of shorthanded when it comes to that. And, um, and I didn't pay much attention in school either. So, <laughs> so writing complete sentences and lyrics are, are, are difficult. No, it's, it's not that bad, but coming up with like ideas and stuff I'm good with, but I usually have to collaborate with somebody in the band as far as, you know, if, if what I'm thinking musically, it doesn't come to me and I can't play it. I talk with them about, you know, this is what I'm feeling. I'm thinking something like this, maybe like this, and, but I, and I'll sing the key, you know, yeah, I want something about like right there. And they'll be like, Oh yeah. Okay. Here we go. You know? And, mm-hmm. and, and it, it kind of gets me flowing a little more on it. Um, Clayton, our bass player, he's a big tall guy. And uh, he, me and him, have found it pretty easy to write with. He's very musically talented. He's gone to college and, mm-hmm. and his, his plans or goals in life are to, write songs not just for him but for others as well mm-hmm. so it's been really helpful um him wanting to write songs for us as a band and uh and really kind of i'm like so cool here's an idea here's what i'm thinking and he can really help drive it home with his talents and stuff like that yeah definitely i don't think we've had the, we haven't said the name of the band yet on here so what's the name of the band just brandon jones band that's yeah. it yeah, yeah BJ ba- band. back in the day yeah, the BJ band. Back in the day, it used to be called the Thirsty Fish. Uh, that was my original band name. Uh-huh. And then we went from Thirsty Fish to Brandon Jones and the Thirsty Fish. And then when we got signed on with Home Slice Management Company, we dropped the Thirsty Fish and just went with Brandon Jones. Yeah. But yeah. Definitely. It's one of those things. It's just like, so the logo, this hat I'm wearing is my the marketing agency that my, me and my best friend started. And mm-hmm. uh we uh, the name of our company is Merolt and Mini Marketing. It's his last name, then my last name, and then marketing. Mm-hmm. Because we sat there for so long trying to figure out a cool name for a marketing agency, yeah. and we were looking up all the biggest ones. And they all what they do is like they take a psychologist and do a study about like a word that they make up that makes you feel something, right? Yeah. Like Google is not a real word. Like all these yeah. all these hip new tech companies, they come up with yep. fake words that make you feel something. Yep. And that's what marketing companies do too. And we're like, well, we don't have that. We don't know what we're going to call yeah. it. What are we, we were in Minnesota. So it was like, is it up North marketing? Is it Northwoods marketing? Is it, um, yeah. you know, I have always liked Wyoming. Is it peak, whatever, yeah. Alpine mountain marketing? <laughs> like we didn't know. We, we was like multiple, like we sat down for like multiple days trying to figure out what do we call it? Yeah. We're like, you know what? I saw a commercial or was it, or it was a video somewhere talking about how many big brands that we know today that we use all today started mm-hmm. as family names. And yeah. it's not as much about the word you choose to call yourself, but more what product you put out there. Yeah. You know, so like Johnson, Johnson yeah. and Johnson, like all these enormous companies, Walmart, yeah. you know, yeah. all these enormous companies are part of their name. And yeah. so that it clicked for me. I was like, okay, here's, we're just doing names. It's fine. Yeah. But yeah, yeah that's it. The doing the doing the lead singer name and then band still still is out there plenty. Yeah, it is. It is, and it, and I think I got kind of lucky too. Uh, when we started out and our band kind of sucked, we didn't suck. We just you know we were new and we were fresh and we didn't really even know what the hell we were doing. Yeah. When we were the Thirsty Fish, uh, a friend of mine was going to school to be to do graphic design, so yeah. she used our band as as projects. So we always had the coolest posters, the best artwork for social media for everything yeah. and yeah she'd be making posters for shows that was like you know we're, we're only getting paid 300 bucks to go play this show <laughs> but because of her artwork it looked like we were like one of the greatest things to ever happen you know yeah it was so it kind of helped us out it was cool yeah 
Definitely. Yeah. And your shows are great. I should, we should talk about how we, how we even met. Um, yeah. You played at the cowboy bar a few times now, the million dollar cowboy yeah. bar here in Jackson. Um, and the first time was like, what, like two months ago. And yeah, me and uh, my girlfriend Taylor and a couple that we're friends with, we, we whenever we go to the cowboy bar, we go and sit in that little corner spot that you saw, you see us in. Mm-hmm. Cause it's right by the back bar and you can, if you're, if that's open, you can get, beers easily and you can stand really close mm-hmm. to the band but you're not on the dance floor the whole time yeah because they don't allow um drinks on the dance floor. drinks yeah yep. so we're technically standing not on the dance floor but closer than anybody and it's yep. great um and i don't know you like you like came out of the back thing after a break and just started chatting up with us and then um last week on halloween on halloween weekend yeah you were yeah. there again and we roll in and we're like oh look who it is he's back and so we came back down there and yeah with us and yeah it was cool it's awesome. I'm yeah. glad it worked out. Yeah, yeah, you guys, your your shows are really, really fun. And, you know, I see plenty of bands at the Cowboy Bar and other places in Jackson. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it is with the Cowboy Bar, but they seem to, they, they seem to like booking these bands that are like, they're, they're, um, they're like these country rock bands are like, kind of like Brantley Gilbert looking dudes mm-hmm. that are like, look, trying to be real tough. Yeah. You know? And they just sing like the same five songs all the time. And yeah. they're like these like super hardcore, like country rock songs. And I'm just like not yeah. into it because I'm here to have a fun time and not yeah. you know, talk about being a rebel or something like that. Right. But yeah. yours, yours, your show is really fun because you played a bunch of country, you played your own songs and you played some even fun ones that weren't exactly in that genre of like country or rock. Yeah. And then the way you interact with the crowd is really, really fun. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's, I don't, I think out of, I've done a lot of different things in my life as far as like, uh, I mean, I, I really thought back in high school, I was just going to be an auto mechanic. I was going to work on cars. I worked at a Subaru Lincoln Mercury shop and I was like, well, this is it for me. This is what I'm doing. I might as well start getting a toolbox and getting ready. And, and, uh, that didn't work, but I moved over to a, a truck shop, like a semi trucks over the road truck shop. And started working on trucks and I was like, I like this a lot more. The money was better. Mm-hmm. I liked working. On, I'm a bigger guy. I got bigger arms. There's more room in trucks. Yeah. And so yeah. it was like, I kind of like this a lot better. And, uh, and kind of did that for a while started. I've got an outgoing personality that I was always kind of weird with mechanics, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you Definitely. know, just cause I'm outspoken and they're more like, shut the hell up. And, and so, uh, I started selling trucks and then it, you know, just kind of led me down weird paths where when I finally started a band and stepped up on stage and was able to kind of be myself, it was the first time I've ever just been like, so, um, I just, I uh, just go be me. I just go be me. Like, that's okay. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, man, you're doing great. I, where do you come up with that stuff? Or how do you yeah. know what to do? And I'm like, I have no clue what the hell I'm doing. I'm just out there having fun. I don't yeah. know freaking clue, you know? And and I had some great people that were in my bands uh, throughout the, the years that were kind of helped shape me or, or allowed me to just kind of, it, it's okay to be, it's okay, dude, just go be you have fun, make jokes, talk too much. Don't talk, whatever, you know, and yeah. just allow me to, to make those mistakes and, and learn from it. But Yeah, definitely. That's a free flowing, like art aspect where there's not yeah. really one formula for any artist to do, to be successful. It could be anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, that's what makes it really cool. I'm glad it, I'm glad how I am and in, in the show that we put on 
I'm glad other people notice it as well. It's not something that's like we, all right, tonight, let's make sure we do this. I, I don't know what everybody else thinks in the band, but I'm sure they're probably like, oh God, I wonder what Brandon's going to do tonight. Yeah. You know, there's certain, <laughs> there's jokes and things we say and you kind of get into a rut of making jokes in between or after or during or before songs that, you know, you, you just kind of roll with. It makes things flow easier for everybody. But, but at the same token, I, most of the stuff is kind of a wild card. It's not rehearsed. I'm just out yeah. being mean, just having fun. Yeah, definitely. And the way, like you can tell it's authentic in the way that like I've seen now three of your shows and I, I'm sure the set list is pretty similar, but um, none of them seem like the same exact thing. Like I saw you yeah. in two days in a row and didn't seem like the same thing, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so that yeah, was great. It's the, pretty close to the same set almost every night, but yeah. I mean, we throw in random songs here and there. People request things, you know, yeah. but there were, yeah, the but experience yeah. did not seem repetitive. Like, I mean, the set list oh, is the set good. list and you guys played it great, but it didn't seem repetitive. Oh, thank you. Yeah, definitely. Um, oh, I wanted to, I also wanted to say thank you um, in both or all the shows that I've seen of you, you make a point to um, thank all like first responders and nurses and teachers. And I have the, all the three times I've seen you, I've been with a nurse and a teacher, two teachers. <laughs> so it was great that you yeah. like called them out specifically and were with yeah. those people because that does mean a lot to them. Because it's uh, kind of a mostly a thankless job. Jobs. It it really is, and you know, I kind of it's it's hard to compare them to say veterans. I mean, veterans, you know, are, are on a pretty high pedestal, at least in my mind. Yeah. Um, for the sacrifices they make, but honestly, back home, you know, it's like nurses and school teachers and those first responders. It's uh, in my mind a, a similar thing. I mean, you know, school teachers are yeah. obviously thankless jobs where they you know, they have to deal with the youth. And I know because I was a student <laughs> that caused a lot of trouble yeah. and made for teachers to hate their life, I'm sure. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I guess in a way, this is my way of, you know, saying thank you. But it, uh, but also I was an EMT for a short time and I've had nurses in my family yeah. uh, and, and friends that are nurses and stuff. And you just see how much they have to go through the dedication it takes. I mean, they're, they're taking care of people who are sometimes in the, they're in their worst state of their life ever mm. and, or towards the end of their life. And, and these nurses have to go and do the best they can take as much best care. Should even just say nurses this is medical staff in general, you know, mm. and take care of those people. And, and then they have to go home and function on a daily basis. Like the rest of us do. Yeah. And their, their day at work was a lot different than, than ours you know yeah definitely yeah but, yeah with a bat i have a background in in uh tech sales and i do the marketing and my most of my family was in like engineering or business so i didn't really have many of those people growing up and then i um taylor and i started dating and i started seeing like what she went through on a regular basis and it kind of put things into perspective for me that like nothing in my day is gonna be anywhere near no. be near as bad as that like nobody's dying in tech sales ever no yeah, like yeah. my worst day i could say fuck you to like my, the biggest client ever nobody's dying yep. no. i might be fired but i'm not <laughs> nobody's dying yeah, right yeah. but like yeah exactly nurses and doctors and all those people they have like that they face death and injury and all that stuff on a yeah. daily basis like you said you have to come bon come back home and function you know like taylor still has to do sometimes has to do laundry i try to do as much laundry yeah. as i can you know she still yeah. has to go 
pay her taxes. She has to go like yep. to her cars registered. Like all these things that are just part of yep. the day, but with the weight of like knowing like, oh fuck, you know, we lost a patient last night. Yeah. I literally watched somebody die yeah. and now I've got to go buy groceries. Yeah. Or like, oh, man, know, yeah, like I was taking care of this really, really old guy. He was really into, in, he had dementia really bad and he was calling out for his dead wife or something. And it's like, fuck, yeah. now I got to go like, you know, remember I, what my husband wanted me to grab yeah. from the store on the way yeah. home. You know, I, was having like, friends I, over. I don't want to deal with these idiots. Yeah, you know? exactly. So doing yeah, that, like, it definitely put into perspective. So now I look at my own day and I'm like, this is fucking nothing. And you know. yeah, well, and, and we all have a part, you know, a certain place, things we have to do to make the world go around, but you know, school teachers and medical staff and stuff like that. I mean, they, especially these last couple of years, you know, what, no matter what your beliefs are with the COVID or politics or anything, uh, those people have to go to work every day and school teachers have had to adapt to teaching from, online you know you got school teachers that have taught for 30 or 40 years aren't too versed in a computer and all of a sudden they're doing zoom classes with 30 or 40 kids you know yeah it i crack up whenever i see you see these videos of like older people older teachers or even like yeah. you see those those older lawyers that can't figure out the filters you know yeah with a they're like sorry i got dolphins sorry, i don't know i'm, I'm gonna be a potato <laughs> for this entire trial i don't know what you guys want for me <laughs> yeah, i'm sorry i don't know how to change it and it's just but you're guilty. Because, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Imagine getting like sent to jail by a potato over Zoom. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's so hard to take you serious right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> but I think those are hilarious because like I'm I'm 28, so I've grown up with technology. So like the idea that and I've worked from home for four and a half years. So the mm -hmm. idea of like, oh man, like we gotta be on Zoom now and everything it's remote. <laughs> How do we do it? I was like, Yeah, you'll you'll figure yeah, it out. Huh? Yeah. Like I had people that in a lot of different uh, jobs come to me and be like, Hey, you've worked from home forever. Like, how do you do it? How do you do? How do you mm -hmm. stay focused? I'm like, well, I mean, in sales, I don't make any money really. If I don't, if I don't do yeah. my job. So it's like, yeah, just do your job. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, I just have to go. I have to work. Otherwise, yeah. you know, the bills don't get paid. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, 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 I'm salaried and everything, but uh, with commission, but yeah, it's like, it was weird to get those questions from people because I'm not mm -hmm. known as being the most. Now I'm not even gonna say it. Um, yeah. When did so you're you're the lead singer and you yeah. play um, some acoustic guitar on songs. Mm -hmm. uh, is that what you call your main your main role with the band? Yep. Yep. That's it. Lead vocals. I I manage the band for the most part. Um, yeah. Set things up and then and then self-taught acoustic and really just kind of play rhythm on songs that I feel like I, I can add to it. I probably could play on a lot more songs mm -hmm. that we play, but um, sometimes it's just, you know, what am I'm, what am I going to add? I'd rather interact, you know, whether it be yeah. through, through dancing or something, I don't know, just, you know, yeah, grabbing definitely. attention from people of, you know, am I standing there playing the guitar Sometimes a guy gets just kind of caught, you know, just stuck doing that and being like, well, here I am. This is yeah. what you wanted to see Yeah. to where it's like, well, maybe I can actually interact and move around and, and, you know, grab people's attention. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But how did you, how did you get into singing? Did you sing growing up? You know, I, I didn't, I was actually super shy growing up. Uh, 
<laughs> and when I say that, people always laugh because because I wasn't shy. I was shy to be serious. Like, mm. but you want me to go stand up and make some jokes or be goofy or funny, you know, I'll do it. But mm. you wanted me to stop and actually sing in front of you or like share some sort of real emotion in front of you. Oh, mm. I there I don't have any, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. And it took it took a long time. Uh, like in choir class, uh, like in middle school, you know, everybody's got to go through choir and uh, the music teacher would always come up to me and say, Brandon, how come you're not trying out for any of these solos? I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to do any of that. She's like, you're probably one of the better singers in the group. And I, I think you have a real chance if you try out. And I'm like, well, you're not going to see me doing that. So, <laughs> you know, cause I'm just like, I can't imagine singing in front of people by myself, you know, yeah, bad enough. They make us do it as a group, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then I, I always actually, the, my whole entire life, I can't remember not singing. I just, I can't, uh, but never in front of anybody, <laughs> like mm -hmm. in my bedroom and, and constantly singing. And, and uh, gosh, I guess I was in high school. Uh, me and my family lived in a, a two bedroom trailer house in Box Elder, which is a little town right next to Rapid City here in. And I can remember belting out some songs. It was probably 11 o'clock at night on, on like a school night, you know, and, and I'm singing and my parents' bedroom was on the whole opposite end of this trailer. And mine was on the front and theirs was on the back. And I'm thinking I'm safe. I can belt out to the radio all night long and nobody's going to have a clue, you know? And, uh -huh. and uh, all of a sudden my door flung open and my dad standing in his underwear was like, son, you sound good, but it's time to <laughs> shut her down for tonight. Oh, like, that's funny. I was just scared to death. Like, oh my God, somebody just heard me. One, I was scared because somebody just flung open the door in their underwear. <laughs> Two, I'm like, what the hell? What the hell? Somebody was listening to me sing. My life is over. I don't know <laughs> what to do, you know? But, uh, you know, <laughs> that. And then I, I started singing to like a girlfriend I had in high school. You know, she kind of mm. helped me kind of sing to other people. And then it was like, my first wife, uh, she signed me up for karaoke console. I think she was like loved signing me up for crap that she knew was, would embarrass the shit out of me. And mm -hmm. so she'd sign me up. I, I wouldn't even know. I'd be, we'd be sitting at a bar and all of a sudden they'd be like, up next is Brandon Jones. You want to come up and sing? And I'm like, who the hell? What? And I, and then I wouldn't even know what I was going to go sing. I'm like, I don't, what'd you sign me up for? Yeah. So Man. it kind of snowballed from that into, a singing competition and then to finally kind of coming out of my shell and getting a band. But yeah, that's such a funny origin story from uh, compared to like how you are on stage and that you're <laughs> yeah. the lead singer and you're very outgoing when you're up there and yeah. that you're just, you know, having fun up there that, that you would think that, you know, you've been that person forever and you've always just been that singer and whatever, but it's really, it's a really interesting origin story. Yeah, just about 10 years is all I've really, uh, in, in in 10 years, it, it happened. I mean, like 10 years ago is when I sang, I mean, I didn't even, I've never even played the guitar in front of anybody outside of like a couple of friends in the garage, you know, and, and I had yeah. to be pretty drunk at that time. And, and uh, so they're like, yeah, this then, sounds amazing, dude. You've got to go on yeah, tour. And yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you know, you're my friend. You should probably say that, you know, and. Yeah. And then it was to singing. There's still like, you can look it up on YouTube. It's Brandon Jones sings old red. And I'm in like a tough enough to wear a pink t-shirt singing old red, yeah. like Shelton. And, and it's horrible. The timing's all off, but 
I was shaking like a leaf. I was so freaking scared. Like I, yeah. I had a little, I had no beard. Like you <laughs> could just kind of barely see a beard, but yeah, yeah. Uh, it was wild. But yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to catch you right now. I'm growing my oh, you'll catch bit. right up. Yeah. You'll catch right up. In yeah. like four <laughs> years. Yeah. 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 That's about what it takes. <laughs> yeah. Was, um, was there a moment or an event or anything like that where it kind of just clicked in your head where you were like, okay, I know that I need to be doing this for the rest of my life in regards to singing and mm-hmm. performing and writing music. Was there a moment specifically for that? Um, not, not necessarily like one. There still is, there still are those, those moments uh, of like growth. I can remember like being in that singing competition and then going to playing the first show with a band mm-hmm. to playing the first show that like, you know, there was a lot of people at, you know, and it wasn't just my friends. And then like to where people were actually asking us to come and play, you know, like growing like that to uh, people buying tickets just to come and see us. Like, that's it. Like there's no other reason for them to spend five or $10 of their hard earned money, but just to come and see us. And it, you know, situations like that, sharing the stage with um, we got to open up for Blackhawk one time. And I mean, that really we had no business being there but but thankfully uh you know somebody gave us a chance and 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 he let us open up for him and it and it went well you know and and people still talk about that and to like opening for clint black to like those kind of shows that are just like big big huge shows are in front of thousands of people and yeah so i think my mind shift shifted uh you know, after two or three years from just trying to play to drink for free to like being like, maybe, maybe there's something more here than just, you know, being a cover band and just going out and playing and getting drunk and having a good time. You know, maybe a guy could almost make a living doing this, or even if I'm not financially making a ton of money, this is kind of what I want to do. And that, that was probably about four or five years ago. Yeah that we really started kind of trying, I guess, pushing more towards that. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's awesome. What's the biggest crowd you've ever played for? I don't even know. Um, I don't, as far as quantity goes, I, uh, up in Deadwood, South Dakota, they do this show called, um, wild bill days. Mm-hmm. And we've played it for quite a few years, uh, about three or four years now we've played it and we always do the supporting spot right before one of the acts i usually bring a band in friday or saturday and like like last year um oh, who did we open up for i can't believe i'm forgetting her name it doesn't matter but uh that's where we open up for clint black and sawyer yeah. brown and and people like that and uh the it's the whole street of main street and deadwood is like building to building for five six blocks people shoulder to shoulder i I don't have a clue how many people that is, but yeah, it's awesome. a lot. Yeah. And it's, and it, and it's fun. I mean, they got like screens and another set of PA, like two blocks down that people can watch and see, you know, and it's, it's, it's cool, you know, and I don't have a clue. I yeah, mean, that's awesome. Our, yeah. Our summer nights here in rapid city, they do a Thursday night street dance every night. And uh, we play that once a year twice a year and it uh they they'll say there's five to seven thousand people down there and so you know that's just one block 
So I yeah. guess maybe, maybe that's quite 10, a bit. 15,000 yeah. people or yeah, whatever, but that's super dead, cool. But yeah, definitely. Um, crap. I just had a question and I forgot it. Dang. Um, that's cool. Uh, so you have, um, I'm always forgetting questions on here. The amount of times I've said like, Oh, I had a question that I forgot <laughs> it is insanity. Cause I'm like sitting here. I, as we're going, I like think questions pop up. Yep. But I'm also trying to say, focus on what you're saying in case there's something yeah. I need to answer or so, whatever. And then, so with ADHD, then, then the ideas are just gone, gone for <laughs> I good. Feel you. Yeah. I feel you hundred percent. Yeah. So you guys have, um, one album out now. What, what's mm-hmm. it called? It's just self-titled EP, just Brandon Jones. It's got yeah. five tracks on it. Yeah. Yeah. You gave me an actual hard copy of it. I have it in the other room. Oh, yeah. 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 I was like, this is super cool. I don't know where I'm going to play it. <laughs> but honest, my tra- I don't even know if they work. I don't yeah. know. I've never used them. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys uh, planning on creating another one or in the works or anything like that? Yep. Yep. We've got... Uh, We've got three songs recorded right now. One of them is we're hoping to push out by the end of the year. Mm. And uh, we have plans of shooting a music video for it to, to kind of go with it and and things like that. Definitely. It's, it's called Picture uh, is this song. I think we, we play it live, so yeah. you might have heard it. But, but yeah, it uh, it's a good jam. And I, I'm hoping to we've, – we've got – like I said, three recorded. We've probably got another three to six songs that are we haven't started recording yet, but are kind of there. We just got to fine tune and kind of work through them, you know, and and get them to to something we like or some, you know, yeah, what we think we're satisfied with. If, if you ever get to that point, but yeah, yeah, that is that is an interesting process to me. Not ever being around it, but um, you know, you see um more from like older artists you know from the 70s and 80s like you see different versions of their classic songs and it's like something mm-hmm. slightly different in like one of the one of the um one of the instruments the way they play it or slightly different in like the pacing yeah. or the key or the lyrics or something and it makes it like a, it a totally different song even though it's a very slight mm-hmm. change and that's really that's really cool yeah yeah I think there is differences sometimes. One thing I noticed is the first album we went down to Nashville and recorded it. And so there's songs on there that, that we didn't write, um, but we picked up. And so the way they played them and, and everything, we just kind of went off of what they said, but the way we play them live is, you know, not way different, but maybe a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I wonder if that's how we would have recorded it. Had it been our song or had it been something that we, you know, came up with on our own in the studio you know yeah. and and uh and same with our own songs i mean there's black hills back road off of our first album is that song we wrote it uh, six seven years ago i wrote it with some friends that were in the band and that that went from like a blue grassy kind of a guitar and, and bass and just very and all like we had four part harmonies on it to to mm-hmm. being kind of more of a rocking song to to sliding a little bit in the middle to back to what it is now yeah. more of you know a country rock kind of a jam but yeah definitely yeah yeah i was gonna ask you um are there are there recording studios in rapid city um there is there's a couple of them there's nothing like um you know uh, it's not like hey everybody records at 
blah, you know, mm-hmm. down at the Sienna Studios or Sierra or something, you know, I don't know, or the Seven Clouds Studio or some crap, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But there are quite a few. Most of them are kind of based out of somebody's, you know, garage, basement, something like that. Mm-hmm. Tom, um, who's in my band and very talented, I brought him with me to Nashville when we recorded the, recorded my first EP and you know, I, I knew he dig the experience. He's mm-hmm. one of the most talented people I've ever been around. Multi-instrument, just anything you, you hand him, he can play very well. And uh, and he's got a studio, and that's where all of our songs are coming out of right oh, now. Cool. And he calls it Cottonwood Studios. And he's it's in his basement currently, but he's he's got a spot that they're actually building for him to start recording and stuff like that. And, you know, if that all works out, then... You know, it'll be great because it's, you know, you got a connection there. He's in the band and, you know, we don't necessarily get a deal. I don't really, I want, I want a deal, you know, because you want to get a little bit of a, of a deal, but at the same token, you know, he's got to make a living too outside of just our band income. And, and it's, it's nice to have that. Definitely. Yeah. Um, that is, is the whole, is the dynamic in the music industry, the whole recording studio concept, is that the main barrier for entry with new musicians and just like getting that time to make a legit album? Yeah. You know, I'm just not sure. Right. That kind of stuff kind of is, is confusing to me and, and is difficult because, and I, and I don't really know the, the correct answer. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got, you know, Spotify and all the different platforms that you can listen to music on and anybody can record on anything and and release it. You know, you don't need a a studio recording of said song. And there's songs out there with millions of plays that were probably recorded on their cell phone or a laptop or something like that, or garage band, you know, and, and just released. And and they're good jams or what, yeah. whatever, you know, and, and then you've got, you know, people like myself or other bands that have gone and recorded in Nashville, spent a decent amount of money, some more than others. And, and they use backing tracks, fake tracks. They use a real, I used a real band. Uh, they were all Nashville uh, players, studio musicians, but like actual people playing the instruments. And that's kind of a lost art too. Mm-hmm. And, and and then they put it out and it might not get as many plays as like I said, the dude with the cell phone recording or yeah, the gal, or like the sound you know, rappers. Yeah, exactly. You know, things like that. And so it's like it's hard to say, like how do you how do you capture lightning in the bottle? How do you do it? I don't know. You know, I don't I don't really yeah. know if there's and then now you've got TikTok, you know what I mean? You could yeah, you could put a TikTok song and you play, you know, a minute or up that three minutes now on on tiktok and next thing you know it's it goes viral and you're like well heck i can actually pay to go record this song now you know and and you it didn't actually cost you much of anything you know and yeah that's what morgan wallen's been um he posts just the audio file of like like just the chorus or something to some of his songs that he's not done with with to Mm -hmm. see which ones take off and then those are the ones the response on an album or whatever records yeah, And then it seems like the thing with TikTok songs, all the ones that go uber viral on TikTok, they have a really sick hook or something or yep. intro. 
And then a lot of times the rest of the song is trash, but then the choruses are just super sick that they get used on TikTok a ton. And then you get used to hearing it and you're like, Oh, this is actually a good song. And then you go and download and then they get their value out of that, that dynamic anyways. But yeah, I've noticed that. I like on I have XM yeah. radio in my truck, and there's a TikTok channel, and it's all the songs that you look and hear the whole thing of after hearing it on TikTok, and it's like oh, really wow. awesome choruses, crappy everything else. Yeah, I, it happened to me today. Actually, it's funny because that's why I was laughing when you said that. Is because I'm listening to the song and I'm like, and it wasn't country. I can't even think of what the song was, and I'm like this is kind of a dumb song, you know? And I was like, you know, but that's my take on it. What the hell do I know? And I'm like, well, this is kind of dumb. Then all of a sudden a hook popped up and it was off a of TikTok, And I'm yeah. like, this is the rest of the song. Yeah. And like the whole, the song completely changed. It was just yeah. like that little bit, that 30 second window of this hook that makes it big on TikTok is the whole reason the song's on the radio. And I'm like, that's, the hook is kind of cool. The rest of the song is stupid. Like I'm yeah. like, what? And so it's just kind of weird. Like, how do people find that? How do that? How does that work out? I don't. That's the part. I guess I suppose if somebody knew, and obviously people do, they. That's how they. That's how they make it a little further. You know. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's some like marketing guy, who also knows music. That I mean, I don't know. I don't know from the music side. Do you like? Do you ever like write a hook first? Or something like mm-hmm. I don't know if they're because because now it's a thing. Our writers yeah. have to say, let's write a TikTok hook with yeah. like a marketing person telling them like, yes, this will rock. And oh, then I, they go I and guarantee. say like, okay, yeah. now let's write the rest of the song or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yep. Now we got to fill up a couple more minutes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that's been kind of music in a nutshell for a while, for a long time. Yeah. You know, probably since the '90s or or so is you know, you find that hook or you find that something that's good that people gravitate to. And then is a song really any good? Maybe not. It just grabs you and you know, and it, and it, and it people grab onto it. It's that like that, uh, not to make fun of, but like, you know, Backstreet Boys or NSYNC kind of a jam to, to that's my take is like, yeah, one of them, their songs get in your head. You're like, Oh, I can't get it out. I don't like it, but I can't get it out of the, yeah. my head. It's stuck in my head, you know? And, and it's, they've done, you know, they understand that they want that. And so you have to listen to that song because it's stuck in your head and, and, you know, baby, bye, bye, bye. And you're like, crap, <laughs> get out of my head. And, you know, oh, yeah. and so it's, it's that, and it's, they've been doing it for years. So now this is just another form of it, you know, how, how to do that. I mean, I don't really go after songs like that, I guess. I, I mean, I, I wrote uh, that kiss me all night song about my, my wife and how we met and that was kind of the hook is that kiss me all night like that part got in my head and and then was able to write the song around it but that's the only time that's ever happened to me but yeah Yeah, for sure speaking of the backstreet boys the backstreet boys were my was my first concert ever yeah and Uh, um, i'm sure it was good yeah it was good i'm not yeah it's good stuff it was in the target center in minneapolis and i remember they came down and there was like a certain tour where they it was like a center stage so the whole ring yeah. around them and then they like wow. came down on the stage on these like cables with like what's supposed to look like hoverboards Looked like they, and were, they were like futurists. oh whoa yeah i remember yeah. that and i was like this is holy this is crazy that's cool yeah and then i got to see them you know what jingle ball is Mm-mm. it's a it's a concert in um 
a lot of just major cities and they have like a bunch of kind of younger artists and they'll play like maybe four or five songs each because mm. they don't you know they don't have that many great songs but it's yeah. just like the hot ones of that year and mm-hmm. they just they, you know it's maybe 10 different artists um, but i saw the backstreet boys a few years ago at one of those that was cool wow yeah that's pretty wild yeah it's yeah the music industry is kind of weird you know it's a, it's a weird deal and and then trying to make a living on it is is even harder you know because mm-hmm. you know i don't i mean spotify pays you cents if that for plays yeah. and you know but it it is what it is i'm, I'm not meaning that as a complaint it, Thanks for having me a platform to put my music out where anybody can hear it all over the world. But the downside to that is, well, you know, uh, there's no value to it necessarily, you know? And so you got to kind of deal with that, but. Yeah. I'm pretty as, you know, as a tech guy, I hear older artists talk about like how how bad it was how bad it is that there's not like the pay for song thing as much anymore and you know back when like itunes came out and there was like napster and all those things it was like a big Mm -hmm. deal it's like you're stealing from the artist and you know maybe not being an artist myself um gives me just like a biased opinion on this but it you know it just (laughs) sorry my dog's knocking at the door um The, the dynamic where with the big recording studios getting a larger cut than the, than the artist, you know, that's certainly weird. Mm-hmm. But then the open platform ability for anybody, you know, I could go sing a song right now and go record it and put it on Spotify, on Spotify tomorrow. Yep. And maybe it blows up. Yep. I think that value has g- given a lot of power back to the artist. And then um, mm-hmm. with the re- really, really recent advance of NFTs, mm-hmm. I think that the reason why I asked about that barrier for entry question, um, NFTs now give young, young up-and-coming artists, or not necessarily young, but up-and-coming artists, the ability to raise their own capital so they don't need to take those bad deals with the record companies. So they could go mm-hmm. get, a, get one graphic designer you know, or have a graphic designer friend like, like you have. Mm-hmm. And they go and make some NFTs, and if they have a good enough following, they've done the right things on social media and had to have a, you know, had a digital footprint. They can sell them for, you know, as much, maybe more money than your average uh, starting record deal, I guess. Yeah. You know, and then still yeah. keep that power. Still keep, you know, we're seeing artists go back and re-record their biggest hits to get the what is it, the masters? Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Like what Taylor yeah. Swift just did it. She went and re-recorded yeah. all her biggest songs. Like yeah. there's so much power in that IP. And then if you do it that way, instead of going through the classic route of like, you know, getting a record deal, but they get all your IP or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think is a really, really good step for yeah. the music industry. Yeah, I think it's cool. You know, I think there's there's a couple different, you know, logics. Is it is Does it dilute the market when anybody and everybody can release a song? You know, it kind of takes away from, um, and and I don't know which side of this coin I'm on, but does it take away from, you know, the the guy that releases a song on on a cell phone recording and it's kind of a shitty quality, but people gravitate to it for whatever reason. And, you know, he's, he's not had to put, he, she has not had to put any sort of effort or cut his teeth or do anything into this. But then all of a sudden now 
you know, that artist is making it big. And there's other people that are like doing it the old fashioned way, cutting their teeth, trying to make it, trying to work hard and, you know, and do that. And they're mad, you know? So it's, it's that, you know, where, where are you at with it? Plus people who care about music in, in general, right? Like mm-hmm. with technology, I mean, somebody who's not that good at music can't even keep time, can't even play the right note or sing the right note. That can all be fixed with technology and you can have a very beautiful sounding perfect song at the end of it. Yeah. And so some people are like, hey, you, you know, you're devaluing the talent of that. Now, mm-hmm. now this person is a successful musician and they're not an actual musician. You know, it's mm-hmm. somebody's making them a better musician. So it, it kind of, you know, de- devalues that for, and that's where I think some people find the, I suppose it's like watching baseball. You know what I mean? A baseball is a slow sport and you got to enjoy baseball to really take it all in. And it's tough to handle because there's a lot of nostalgia and there's a lot of like values in baseball that make it a thing. Right. But really more people would be entertained if it was four innings. And if it was quick, you know, like, come on, let's get it done. Get it in, get it out, be done. Let's go. You know, and that entertains people, but they're like, no, you're either going to like this or, you know, don't devalue the baseball game. And I suppose it's kind of like that with music too, for some people. Yeah. I guess it, when you look at those two things, you, you, you think about like with both those examples, you think, what is, what is the goal of each approach? Mm-hmm. With the baseball example is the goal to chase what the audience wants at that moment. Yeah. And that certainly could be like, you know, plenty of, plenty of musicians and sports leagues, even for that matter, do that. Yeah. Right. Like the NFL changes their rules so that it's pretty much offensively focused because they figured that's what the audience wants. And right. And yep. that's a really good example of that doing that. But there's, you could also say, is this really loud for you? Him knocking? I can barely hear it myself. Okay. I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried. Cause he's getting, I, I got dogs too. So they were walking louder. in and out. Yeah, so I don't want it to be <laughs> He's on like, the recording. Answer me. <laughs> Dad, it is freaking dinner time. What the hell are you doing in there? What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then with the music example, when to say, like, there are good examples of the the guy who recorded something on his phone and blew up, and then maybe that first recording wasn't the one that really got out, but then somebody yeah. heard that, like uh, Lil Nas X comes to example to comes to my head. He recorded Old Town Road on a phone on SoundCloud, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Maybe not SoundCloud, but on his phone. Really, like, had no funding, nothing. Right. He spent his yeah. last, like, it was, it's like in the hundreds of dollars, that's all he had left to his name, nothing. He had this mm-hmm. one song left, he was nobody. And he chooses to spend it on, I think it was like TikTok, so, TikTok ads or social media ads, some sort of social media spend. Hmm. His last, like, 300 bucks. The song, you know, goes nuclear. Erupted. Right? Yeah. Erupted. Yeah. Somehow gets to Billy Ray Cyrus. Billy Ray yeah. Cyrus does a verse on it. It's erupted. It's enormous. Now, yeah. like probably yeah. one of the biggest Country, streaming songs. Pop. Yeah. Yeah. Everywhere. The biggest, yeah. probably one of the biggest streaming songs of 2020, right? Maybe not if, mm-hmm. maybe if not the number one streaming song. Yep. Right. And so there, and, and, you know, the result, or not the result. Um, well, I guess you could kind of say the result. The result for the audience was that we got a really awesome song to listen to and feel those emotions mm-hmm. that you feel when you listen to a really awesome song. 
and he got the value yeah. out of that and is now rich and is now a superstar because he had multiple songs yep. after that. Yeah. But to your point, I don't look at like Old Town Road or one of his new songs, Industry Baby, which I think is a really good song. Um, yeah. I'm not even a huge rap guy, and I think those are good songs. Yeah. Um, I don't look at those with the same respect as I do um, seeing you live. Or yeah. um, I don't know if I told you when we when we chatted, uh, Ian Munsick was my last episode yeah. on here. Um, you know, his yeah. music, the way yeah. talking to him and now the, the way he thinks about Wyoming when he's writing, like I yeah. certainly put those ex uh, music experiences on a higher pedestal yep. than Old Town Road or something. For example, yeah, for exactly. Example. Yeah. And, you know, and it's in it. And there's a lot of there's a lot to that and like i said I, i'm not sure which way i'm at i mean i think yeah m music is an art form whether it be somebody like little Nas x's story or even somebody maybe not as successful or not as you know on your last couple hundred dollars but somebody who just happened to kind of make it you know or something like that and and there's really not a lot of artistic effort put into the song but it somehow made it mm -hmm. to somebody like you know I mean, I, I don't even know uh, somebody who, who writes all their own songs and, and comes up with every nuance and, and, and actually writes it and knows exactly what for it, you know, mm -hmm. it, it, what's better. They're all art. You know what I mean? Is it, and, and I, I kind of use this, I'm kind of the, the perfect for that because I, I'm not as musically talented as everybody else in my band. Mm -hmm. Everybody in the band has gone to college and spent, a majority of their life studying music and learning instruments and constantly playing it, constantly practicing while they're at home practicing guitar. I was out riding dirt bikes and cruising around in cars with my friends. And you know what I mean? Like yeah. doing that kind of thing. And they were at home playing the guitar or playing drums or playing the bass or learning theory. And now here I am like hanging out with them and they're just like rolling their eyes. Cause I don't know shit about music, you know? And, yeah. And so that's, but that's the art form, you know, it's, everybody's got a different way to paint. Everybody's yeah. got a different way to, to deliver, you know? And, yeah. And that, that's a cool thing about music lovers, like people who are truly music lovers. And I think the internet helps with this, but they have the ability to find what, uh, as an audience member to find what they like better, easier mm -hmm. than ever before. Right. If if you're somebody that wants to go find that really poppy hit, like obviously that's very, very easy to do. But easier mm -hmm. than ever is it to find that, um, you know, I'll I guess I'll just say like indie style person. They don't have a big following yeah. or maybe they like a cult yep. following kind of a thing where their followers fucking love them. And there's a lot of them, mm -hmm. but they're not going to be on a um, yeah. billboard top top 100 or whatever yeah. that is. You know, yeah, exactly. Yep. No, I agree with you. It's, and I, and so I don't, I'm not sure there's good and bad and all of that. Like we've just talked about is there's good and bad in it. Yeah. It, uh, it's, it's cool because it opens doors for people who may have never, ever, ever been noticed. And so it brings them, brings them to a level. So everybody can enjoy their, their thoughts, their ideas, their, mm -hmm. their art. And, and otherwise nobody would have ever known outside of their small bubble, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and so it, it it's cool. But then it, I'm sure, like I said, for some, it's extremely frustrating because they're like, I've dedicated my life to this and nobody has a clue, you know, because yeah. maybe they're not they're not willing to write that pop song and they're not willing to to do those things that grab everybody's attention, you know? Yeah.
I don't know. I don't really know. Yeah. But yeah. There's definitely, yeah, I would agree with, definitely agree with that. I do, I do, would also like to say too that the, the new platform style way to get music out has allowed people from multi, from not just like the music, uh, music hub cities to create music. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. there would probably be plenty of people that, they can create now the, the the reliance upon these city centers of like LA, Nashville, probably New York. Mm-hmm. I don't know where else is yeah. really a big music hub, but those Austin. kinds of thing is now yeah. Austin. Yeah. Lessened because you can go create anywhere. You could like get a good studio yeah. and even get somewhere. And then maybe, you know, certainly that's where the big money is once you get down the road, but at least to get your feet under you as an artist, you don't need to, you know, uh, you don't need a chance at all on taking a take, buying a bus ticket to Nashville with your guitar as your only thing on your yep. back and hope you make yeah. it, you know? Yeah. But you don't yeah, have you to can have do it from home. Anymore. Yeah. You could, yeah, yeah you can do it from home. You can work from anywhere. You can, you know, have a regular job and then do it at nights or whatever. Yep. Like it's, it's, a, it's yeah, probably. It's definitely that. that. It's a, it's a lot of fun. I mean, me, I, I find enjoyment and I think what I, it comes naturally kind of like how we started talking is um being on stage is kind of where it's easy for me it's my it's fun for me it's yeah. it's work but it's fun work it's like i'm like if i have to go sweat every day doing this seven days a week for the rest of my life I, this is okay life yeah. is all right like yeah. i don't mind it you know it's if i have to miss my family and be gone for weeks on end i'm okay it's a sacrifice but people do those same sacrifices and hate their job you know, it's, yeah. it's like, I, I love my job. And yeah. so it's like that, that's kind of the, the fortunate thing, I guess. But yeah. It, it's, yeah, it's, you're lucky. We're both lucky in that we found something. What is the dynamic? It's that we found something that we, A, like, enjoy doing and B, B that we're good at and mm-hmm. C that you can make money doing it. Right, those are the three things that I I consider yourself lucky if you have even two of the three, right? Because yeah. most people, a lot of people, maybe they find something they can make money at. You know, I, I always make a joke about accountants because my brother's an accountant. You know, you make <laughs> money as an accountant, but you fucking hate it, or it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. You're not good at it, or like, yeah. or maybe in the flip, maybe I would really want to be a musician, but I'm awful at it. You know, that yeah. doesn't get me any closer. And I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not you, you might because you're a humble guy, you're going to try to say that you're in that boat, but you're not, you're very talented. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, You know, so it's just, we're just so lucky to find something that we like to do and yeah, can do it well and can make money doing it. Yeah. It's, it still blows my mind sometimes when we get done with the show and you know, they hand you a check. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, Oh Yeah. I forgot we get paid for this shit. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. wow, this is cool. All right. Well, you know, fooled him again. You know, yeah. it's kind of like Rodney Carrington's got that bit where he talks about walking into a a show and he he blows his mind. There's cars and there's people. The whole place is packed and full. And he's like, ha, fooled him again. Yeah. You know, because he's like, I, you know, it's essentially saying, I can't believe I'm making my living doing this. You know, like yeah. this is crazy. You know. But yeah, I, I certainly have moments like that with the marketing company. I, um, I did a little guest speaker thing the other day for, a. Mm-hmm. there's this group. Oh, actually I have the book here. There's this book here. 
called <clears throat> the Scout Guide, Jackson Hole. <clears throat> Shout out to Jill King. She's been on the podcast. Um, where it's all local businesses here in Jackson and different towns have their nice. own scout guide. And it's kind of like showing you like, okay, here's the cool stuff in Jackson, right? The cool business. You got to see this. Yeah. Yeah. Restaurants, there's jewelry stores, um, real estate agents. And then I'm in here from my marketing agency and um, Jill, the owner, <laughs> it was funny. She left me a voicemail while I was at the gym. So I didn't answer it. She said, hey, Tyler, I'm thinking about doing this thing where we have you in to talk about some social media tips for uh, our, our scouted, the people in the scout guide um, mm-hmm. at our next little happy hour event. And I didn't get back to her that day. And then later in the day, I see an email that she sends out to everybody saying, okay, we're doing this talk. We're doing this event. Tyler's going to talk about marketing tips. And I was like, that's really? hilarious. I didn't even tell her that I'm good with it, but she yeah. already knew like that I'm good, well, that I would be good at yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, She's like, whatever it takes, he's doing it. He yeah. is doing it. Yeah. But so I do it and they're just eating it up and they're asking questions. And I've gotten, you know, some opportunities after that now to have more conversations with people that to get to the point yeah. of like becoming a client. And it was up there like, holy shit, maybe I do know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it, it's that, that, that intricate balance of you never want to settle and think that you're done getting better yeah. at, at, what, at your yeah. craft, right? Yeah. But then you also, you're head down, you're grinding, you're getting better, you're working hard. But then every once in a while, I think it's valuable to pick your head up and look backwards and be like, I did get better. I have advanced in something. I have, you know, reached some goals. I have gotten someplace because when you're down in the, in the tunnel, you can't, you can't tell that you're making progress. You don't notice it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I a hundred percent agree with that. I sometimes I think what did that for me, that exact thing was I, <clears throat> this has been a couple maybe a year ago um looked back and listened to that old red video of the very first time i got up on stage and sang within a guitar yeah. uh, you know acoustic guitar and sang in front of people and and it was horrible <laughs> i was like oh i mean like my i was I sang okay or whatever but my timing was all off i the strumming was messed up. I think the guitar might've been out of tune. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like things that like, if I was to sing that exact same song on the exact same stage today, mm-hmm. it would sound way different. And, and I don't feel too much different than that guy, you know, but, but, but I'm so much more different, you know, and yeah. I can actually hear if the guitar is out of tune now Yeah, and it's, and it's something like playing in time is, I have to, you know, <laughs> the band will not allow me to not, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, it's noticeable back then. I had no clue, you know? And yeah. So I agree. I certainly say that with like, yeah, I do the video production for my company and I've been, mm-hmm. I did it as just like as a personal hobby thing back in the day of like me, just like creating stuff with my drone and on the boat and at cool places and whatever. And I go back and look at those videos and I'm like, Oh my God, this is awful. Like, yeah, what are these shots <laughs> yeah. I'm doing? What are these editing yeah. things? Like, this is stupid. It's so bad. And then, like, I just look at the stuff I'm creating now. And I'm like, oh, this is when I put it out. It's like, it's great. I feel I look at it. I'm like, it's great. But I know in like five years, I'll look back and be like, God, that was dumb. Why did I do that? Yeah. But that shows yeah, the progress then because it's it know. does. It I mean it shows where you've been and how far you've came. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the weird thing about nowadays too, is technology is you can look back and yeah, you know, before you could just be like, throw that crap away. Now yeah. it's no, sorry. You can't yeah. just throw it away. It's out there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We like we look at our parents' 
how old are you? Yeah, I'm pretty old. But yeah, I'm so I'm as old as you. <laughs> so we look back at our parents like photo books. Yeah. Right. And that's how they go back and look at those cringy times of like this the hair in the 80s or something. But for yeah, us, yeah. it'll be thousands of posts uh, on Instagram in the past where our kids go back yeah. and look at like my first Instagram post and they're like, Dad, what was this? What are you doing? What were you thinking? Yeah. yeah. No, that happens. What, that happens what? to me now because I have I have teenage kids. Yeah. And so they uh they look back at at posts. Now they have Instagram. Yeah. And and like my daughter will be like, Wow, dad, look at this photo of of you and me when I was a baby. And I'm like, Yeah, yeah, yeah look at that. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> before yeah. I had a beard. Wow. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. But yeah. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. Well, it's gonna be weird man um, it is wild it's it's weird because you know a guy used to get together and like my parents still have photo albums you know mm-hmm. that you flip through mm-hmm. and my parents are, are uh, pretty old but they uh <laughs> but they it's like you know that's that's how it was now i don't have a photo album i don't even have uh, yeah. if it's not on my phone or on the computer or you scroll through social media I, I guess i don't really have the photos you know i don't know yeah but it's weird why would i carry photos yeah i don't know like i, I print plenty of them and i have them hung up around here and yeah and whatever and uh but yeah my uh my stepmom i don't know how she's continued this hard drive of photo albums <clears throat> over the years but she mm-hmm. has on the main computer at my dad and my stepmom's house there's tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of photos of us me all the kids i grew up with um two full siblings and then two step siblings on that side Mm -hmm. pretty close to pretty close together so we have like i think they moved to minnesota in like oh one maybe like oh two something like that so from then on like all these photos all in a computer and like obviously we've had multiple computers since they were all taken and put somewhere so i don't know how she keeps fi- like holding on to these that's she cool like send them ra- us random funny ones where it's like you know us like at a at the water park at the wisconsin dells or something because we oh like, yeah i'll go there as a kid or like when we first came here that's how i got to know jackson we first came here on like a ski trip yeah and, like, it's just so crazy how that's going to be the way we look back on things looking through computers and like Yep. understanding instead of just like here's my photo book here's my photo album you know when i move i bring this with me instead of like okay i have a hard yep. drive on my computer and it's all photos and i want to keep these photos but i'm going to lose the computer one day like everyone's just going to have look at look at all these props i have canned up um yeah a bunch yeah. of these external hard, hard drives drive. yeah. everywhere yeah, it's like it. a bunch of these at our coffee table maybe or something like that instead yeah. of the album oh you guys want to look at photos here let yeah. me let me throw them up on the tv here yeah you know? and, yeah it'll just yeah and it'll be all connected so it'll be like or we'll just at that point we'll like blink or like we'll yeah. i'll make like a gesture with my hands i'll go like yeah. this and it'll pop up on the tv you're swiping the tv swipe just like by moving your hand let's see yeah. yeah oh this was when we were at wisconsin dells yeah ski trip to jackson yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely zoom in on it let me get in on there see that look at that look oh, yeah. yeah look at you that bowl cut <laughs> yes yes exactly yeah yeah oh man but well, yeah that's cool how long have you lived in jackson uh it'll be three years in march Nice. And like I take pride that it was before COVID that I moved here. Yeah. 
because that's good. Yeah, like a lot of small mountain towns and a lot of towns just you know, smaller. Uh, we had a lot of people move here during COVID. Yeah, and a lot of people move here from California. So yeah, we had a lot. Yeah, in the Black Hills area, move move in. I shot our housing market up. My house is worth a hundred thousand dollars more than it was a year ago. Yeah, I guess that's cool. Cool for you. Now, uh, the same thing <laughs> happened in Jackson, but it's a cup. It's another comma. Yeah, I like believe things, it. Things that before COVID were like million, million and a half. Where I was like, uh, well, you know, that seems attainable with you know some yeah. some place down the road. Now they're three, four, five million, and I'm like, man, I don't know. That's crazy. I, I mean, we rent our current house and we love our house. We live in a little cabin here. You know, I have this is my office. It's a bedroom that I can turn into an office. Two bedrooms upstairs, mm-hmm. two bath. You know, we live in Wilson, so it's ten minutes to yeah. the ski resort, ten minutes to the pass for biking and backcountry skiing. Wow. It's perfect. It's a but dream. we're renting, and I don't know, you know, who, I don't know if we want yep. to rent for our entire lives, but it's a dream right now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely hard to complain. That's cool. Yeah. There was a stage in my life I thought I was just going to go be a, a snowbird. I thought I was just going to do the EMT stuff and ski patrol. I like snowboarding. Yeah. And, uh, and that was going to be my life. And then just like in the summertime, you know, find work or possibly do like wildland fire. Yeah. And that never really worked out. It just didn't, it wasn't, I didn't really put a hundred percent effort in. I got to the point where I need to put more effort in and, you know, we started having kids. And so it was like, well, maybe, you know, being at the ski resort or up climbing Hills all day, cutting wood and during a fire or something like that, maybe isn't the best idea and mm-hmm. kind of laid back a little bit and then it never worked out. But yeah. yeah. If you like that, uh, get into EMT stuff. I had, a guy on the podcast, his name's Kevin Grange. He's uh, he's an EMT here, but has worked in the national parks. He's worked in Grand Teton, Yellowstone, and Yosemite in the past. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a book called, uh, I don't have that prop on me, but um, Wild Rescues, <laughs> I think it was, was called. Oh, cool. And it's a bunch of cool um, stories that he has from being on the job as an EMT in, in the national parks. And the, the specific... Mm. Uh, difficulties you have to work with in those landscapes with to keep yeah and a really cool guy he lives here in jackson um and uh his book is really awesome it's like i didn't think i would like it going in because it's you know medically based and i'm not super inclined to look into that depending on the detail level right but he he writes it so it is such an easy way to read and but also so descriptive of the locations because mm-hmm. like Yellowstone and Grand Teton, like I know all the places he was talking about. So I was like really yeah, good to picture like, like okay, yeah, he's at he's at Old Faithful and somebody just passed out, you know? Yeah. Like I was I could picture yeah. exactly where that was. So super yeah. cool book and really good episode if you want to check that out if you're in the EMT stuff. Yeah, I'll have to check it out for sure. Definitely. Cool, man. Well, we're at I think we're a little <clears> bit over an hour. Um, so I think we'll wrap it up then if you're if you have Ooh, anything else to sure. get out in the pod. No, man. I mean, just uh, you can follow us, BrandonJonesBand.com or yep. Facebook or Instagram and find out more. Uh, any support is great. Hope you dig our music. Come check out a live show. And uh, yeah, that's about it, really. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Everyone go check out like where, he, where you do you have your, your, your dates for your next? Yeah, sometimes uh, I suck at sometimes I suck at posting those. So I might yeah. be behind, yeah. but but then they'll be there. I'll put yeah. them up there. I promise. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, uh, last question I have. That's not really super relevant, but 
I had it. I noticed it when we first saw you. Your drummer has plexiglass around him. <laughs> yeah. And we first we first thought it was like, oh, is that a COVID thing? Does he have COVID? <laughs> and we're like, I don't know. Why does he have that? The the funny story about that is is at the at the million dollar cowboy there in Jackson, the 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 room itself uh is really loud for drums so any amount of drumming whatsoever the drums carry really really far in there and so you're always having to play super soft and or they have to also follow a, a sound ordinance if you will a db rating that they can't be above well the drums are the one instrument you can't turn down you yeah. could turn down everything else right your vocals your guitars your everything you could turn down but you can't turn down acoustic drums they're just yeah. loud yeah and so we actually went to the Ace Hardware in Jackson there <laughs> and bought plexiglass, bought the material that we could find and muster up. And then they let us get go in the back and build this drum shield <laughs> and so that so that it could block some of that sound. And uh yeah, ironically, the last time we played there, it made it to three shows that drum shield did, and we just threw it away. It just yeah. started breaking. The plexiglass that they had available was too thin and it just wasn't very durable and we tossed it, but yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point with the drums. I've noticed other bands where all you can hear is the drum, the drums, and you can't yep. even hear anything else. I've noticed that before. Yep. And it puts the sound guy out front. I mean, which, uh, Jackson hole there at the million dollar cowboy, they have a, a, a house sound guy to be able to follow those those rules and stuff like that and it kind of puts him in a tough spot because you know he wants to be able to mix correctly you know have the the certain layers of you know the drums and the the instruments and then the vocals kind of being above it and but with the drums being so loud it, he can only put he can't make things louder yeah because then he's over his db so he has to turn everything down as much as he can and the drums are just overkilling it and you know it's it's kind of nobody's fault at the same token the drummer has to drum softer some drummers can some can't mm -hmm. some hate it despise mm -hmm. it and so you have to try to either a pay, play like electric drums not play drums or you know just play super soft and it's hard yeah. to get that that energy across when you're like yeah you know compared to like yeah woo, you know playing yeah. so definitely okay cool that's much better we were like does he have covid yeah. like why is he have that on there and, yeah. and we don't really like them. Yeah. You know, that's really, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, hey, when you played, when you played the cowboy bar, did you notice um, on the, in the, one of those glass cases where they have like the big fancy um, chaps set of old chaps made out of like Buffalo fur on the bottom, yeah. the old tickets that they have in there. Oh, really? Yeah. They have like these really old tickets. They have like Willie Nelson playing the cowboy bar in like oh, the wow. 70s for like 50 cents dang yeah but it really goes i, I always show people that when i bring people there the first the first time so i think it shows that yes like it's a really cool bar all the wood in there it's got a cool name it's jackson it's it's a bar but it's like not really unless you knew about it it doesn't seem like this really really historic music venue but right. it kind of is like there's been a lot of really yeah. big names that have come through yeah 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 we were talking with somebody at the cultivate cafe um they they own the cultivate cafe in the theater 
Yeah. And we were talking with them about that and just how uh, that theater is still going. And it's one of the original things in Jackson. And, yeah. and they were sharing the story about how like the million dollar cowboy used to bring in huge Willie Nelson, uh, you know, th- those kind of acts. I mean, those that are like world renowned, you mm-hmm. couldn't believe they would play at that bar kind of people. And, uh, and that's cause it was the spot, you know, yeah. to in that region to go see acts. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's better. Like, I mean, I don't really like Idaho, Idaho falls, but like if you're a country star, what's more country than playing in Jackson hole, Wyoming called the last yeah. of the old West in the cowboy state. Right. Like, yep. Yep. There's nothing more country than that. Even though there are bigger nope. cities, not that far away that you could get that yep. regional feel for. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Th- stuff like that means a lot to me. I think that's, that's why we like playing there at the million dollar Cowboys is, is because of that, the nostalgia, the history behind it to say, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I played there. Was I on the same level as Willie Nelson? No, you know, but, but it's, it's still cool to have that connection, that relation to this is where they played though. This is yeah. really cool. No, I totally get that. Do you golf at all? I, I don't mind golfing. I like it. Yeah. Uh-huh. When you go and play a course there that, that the pros have played on, you get that same feeling. Yeah, I've, it's I've like, played some pretty good courses, but I don't, I don't know if I've ever played a super pro one. But yeah, yeah, I played um, Hazeltine in Minneapolis that the Ryder Cup was at, and um, mm. multiple PGA Championships and multiple other, a lot of other stuff. But mm-hmm. played there, and then I played uh, the TPC in Scottsdale last winter, the week the weekend after the tournament there. So it was oh, even wow. in tournament, tournament condition and the stadium was up. That's the course they do the stadium on the, that one hole. Yeah. So that was yeah. still up. So it was wow. so cool. But you just look around and you, yeah, yeah, definitely. But you look around and you're like, oh, so-and-so made this shot from here and I'm standing on that yeah. spot now. And I'm going to make a similar shot. Yeah. And yeah. I'm going to go duff a, yep. duff a wedge right here. And uh, Rory, yeah. Rory, you know, almost put it in the hole from here. Yep. yep. But I'm sure it's the same uh, kind of thing where you're like, you just, yeah. it's just cool to stand on the ground that they stood yep right yeah it's super cool definitely okay man, well, I'll let you get... to inspire yeah. yeah definitely okay cool i'll let you get back to uh the kids and everything like that yeah. um one more time tell everybody your website and your social handles yeah just uh look for brandon jones band if you throw band on the end of it i mean i suppose the band name is just brandon jones but brandon jones band.com brandon jones band on facebook and instagram Download our music anywhere music is sold. And be looking forward to some new music coming out soon. Yeah, definitely. So cool. Thanks again for coming. Thank you, man. Have a good one.